Hello and welcome to Geek Cinema Podcast, a podcast where my friends and I have a conversation over geeky, nerdy, and fanboy or fangirl movies alike. We're not experts or an educational podcast, we're just a group of friends who like talking about horror, fantasy, sci-fi, and superhero movies. And it's October again, and we're going through horror movies. Last year, we did alien movies as our theme, and this year we're doing Universal Monsters. Uh, Last week we did Dracula, so you can go back and listen to that if you would like to. We also did a little intro to Universal Monsters on that. And this week, next on our list is Frankenstein. Uh, There are major spoilers for the movie, as well as The Bride of Frankenstein and Fright Night. So once we start talking about Fright Night, if you don't want spoilers for that, just skip forward a few minutes and you should be able to avoid it. There are also minor spoilers for Twin Peaks The Return, Casper, and Fright Night Part 2. But the Twin Peaks The Return stuff, I cut out... We, we had a decent conversation about it, and I cut out the major stuff and tagged it on at the end if you want to hear that, if you've already seen the series. And uh, also, just wanted to establish real quick, we fall into the trap of referring to the monster as Frankenstein as well as Dr. Frankenstein, so if that seems confusing, I'm sorry. I don't think it will be, but just to let you know. And also for any history nerds listening... I referred to Lord Byron as Lord Baron, just because I was unaware of the person, so I apologize for that. For any new listeners, my name's Everett, so let's go join Kindle and Matt and myself and enjoy the conversation. So guess what we did last night? I don't know, what did you do? Did you finish Twin Peaks? We finished we did it. Twin Peaks, The Return. Alright, what did you guys think? You mean outside of what the hell, right? <laughs> outside of that. See, this is where I kept saying you need to watch Firewalk with me. Mm-hmm. So did you like it? I mean, I mean, here's the thing, <laughs> and I'm trying to not spoil it too much, but at, I loved the first two seasons because I loved Dale Cooper. Right. <laughs> and, and by that logic, there it's 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 not a great season for a fan like me, because no. uh, he's he's not in it a lot, and most of him that is in it, he's, he's not, not the right Cooper. same character. Yeah, he's yeah. not in his right mind. Yeah, but then yeah, just I'm not gonna say that ending, but that ending, uh, it it just no. I need my. But it's see, so there's, hard. There's not a, okay. Ah, it's. Um. Yeah, I like being able to figure stuff out a little bit and, uh, maybe coming up with my own solution. But this is so far, so far out there, <laughs> uh, and I just felt so. Not. Uh, actually, I saw a meme. Hold on. There's a meme I found earlier. I, f- I followed a Twin Peaks meme page after watching all, <laughs> yeah. watching the whole thing. Right. And uh, oh, here it is. So it's there's it's a phone and it's got three messages on their on their page. And it, the first one says, "I will always be a part of you," and that's from insecurity. And then the second message is from anxiety. I wonder what could go wrong. And the third one's from David Lynch. I will never give you the satisfaction you crave. <laughs> and that felt so real. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, like I can see that. <laughs> so, is there another season? Uh, they've no- okay. Here's what they've said. Maybe because the suit. Somebody asked uh, asked um, 
asked, what's Kyle McLaughlin if he got to keep the suit? And he said, no, it went back to the studio because we might be pulling it out again. That's the only like kind of confirmation that there could be something else. And it could be a season, but the other I the other idea and what David Lynch has always wanted to do was to conclude the series with a film. Mm. So we could get another kind of firewalk with me experience. Okay. Jeez. Hmm. I could see show Showtime wanting them to come back for for their sake. Yeah. Because I guarantee you. I mean, we we signed up for the the Showtime membership on Hulu. I'm sure there was plenty of other people who did it. Yeah, and it didn't. The thing was, is like live viewings. It didn't do all that well. But as far as like Hulu and other like uh, digital streaming, I can imagine it not doing well. Like yeah, having I was to say, wait every week and then be like, all right, what what happened last time? Oh. Yeah. Um, as far as streaming numbers go, it was always in the top like five well, yeah. every week. Yeah, so. yeah, I would watch. This so show. at least they'd probably offer to produce the film mm-hmm. if that happened. Yep, that's. that's but I'm glad you guys it. finished it. Like I've been waiting to talk to you about it, and see what you thought of it. Like, yep. Well, speaking of not being satisfied by TV, Kendall and I also restarted Stranger Things. You restarted it mm-hmm. because the new season is coming out in October twenty seventh, and not to I'm not don't listeners get offended by me saying oh, disappointed. I, I got yeah. to see what's happening. This now. is just go back and listen to our episode and hear how much we loved it. Uh, it's just we restarted it so we could like be refreshed and yeah. go right into the second season, basically. But but then after each episode, I'm like, you know, it's just not as satisfying without the mystery there. I know. Like I know everything that's coming, and so. I'm fine with it. I like watching things because I feel like I can pay better attention and look for things I missed. And I like knowing sometimes. It's kind of like a, a slight anxiety cure. <laughs> yeah, I think we so. watched the first two or three episodes after our recording the last episode we did. Huh. Yeah, it's it's still good. It's still, it's still, still good. good. Well, good. Been, very good. <laughs> still very good. good. Um, still good. Very grod. Groot. It's very Groot. But, yeah. It um, is Groot. I watched it, so I watched it the weekend it premiered. I binged it. It was, Mm -hmm. like, first show I've ever really binged uh, like that. And I ended up watching it again two, about two weeks later before, and it was still before we did the episode. And I enjoyed it my second time through because I got to catch other little things that I missed, Mm -hmm. like, -hmm. like little, like, tell, like, hey, like, here's some foreshadowing, but you don't really know it. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't know what you're looking for. Um, I enjoyed that. I I didn't feel like it was a different experience, mm-hmm. but I can I totally understand why. Like some of the mystery, of course, some of the mystery's gone. But you yeah. went in wanting that. Like that was probably the best part for you. Is yeah, I think it was. And just now you're going in into it. That and you're show, looking for that watching that show was it. one of the best experiences I've ever had with television. Right. Ever. And so now it's it's just sad because I can't ever have that experience ever again. And that's what I was thinking yeah. as well, I was going through it again. I'm sorry. There will be a season two. I can, but I still won't be as shocked at how good it it is. Okay. Watching the second season. Okay. I can relate that in a way to how I feel about the Amazing Spider, or not the Amazing uh, Spider Man with Tobey Maguire. Okay, the first film. That the first time I saw it, like the build up to him getting the suit and actually becoming Spider Man was such uh, an awesome ride. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved every bit of it. 
I rewatch it now and I am bored for the first hour of that movie. Oh, yeah. I'm like or at least I I'm not I'm not engaged. I'm not maybe not bored but I'm just not engaged. Um like I was that first time through. It was just so awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like or that's the problem with or, like what you're talking about is the, the problem that a lot of origin films suffer from. It's also why like Iron Man uh like does not do a lot for me these days. Hmm good the first watch through batman begins is one that holds up because i i like how they intercut and the timeline's all jumbled what else did you watch this week well last sunday kindle and i sat down for for the spooky month of october and we were trying to decide on something to watch and we have trouble agreeing on things to watch i'm trying to get her to watch casper yes uh I can't remember. She just reacted like, I don't care about that movie. I don't care. I don't. I, I didn't like it as a kid. And so finally she gives in and we put it on. It's more like a just freaking put it in. I don't care at this point. Just freaking put it in. That I happens don't care. a lot with Whoops. us. <laughs> <laughs> My mom's here. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end, you, you probably liked it more than I did. It was pretty good. It feels a lot like Hocus Pocus, does it not? No, it's completely different. Really? I always... I just can't... It's really hard to get behind freaking Casper's animated ghost face and him being a human. What? What? Mm, yeah. It doesn't make sense to I, me. I don't know. I, I. This was a childhood favorite of mine. Like but we, the movie as a whole... We had it on VHS and watched it. It was very fun. Watched yeah. it all the time. And I still think Hocus Pocus is way better. I still had a lot of fun. What, I agree. What I noticed going through it is... Man, I keep dropping Idiot. everything. What I noticed going through it again is a lot of it feels like a theme park ride. Doesn't it? Like, yes. Especially towards the end when we and actually yeah, have we a theme actually park have, ride Yeah, we stuff. go through the roller coaster. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's it, freaking awesome. A lot of it still Howls holds too. up. The animation still holds up, honestly. Yeah, it's pretty good. And uh, it's just what didn't hold up for me now that I'm more into movies is the character <laughs> development. Just it... <laughs> It flies by super fast. Like yeah. characters go into different mo- modes instantly. Yeah, and so that was the only thing. They did make a I, dirty joke at one point too, and you were like, "I can't believe they said that. I don't remember that." <laughs> one what of the brothers, it? right? Yeah, one of the brothers said something. Yeah, uh, I think it was about the vacuum, maybe. I don't know, but it was inappropriate. Oh yeah, it, they get sucked into the vacuum, and he—it's. Uh, he said, like, "Quit poking Stretch me says, with your finger." No, he says, "Get your nose out of my." And he says, "Oh, that's not my nose." <laughs> so <laughs> oh, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. What did he really just say that? Uh, I feel like there was probably. I watched this one movie all the time when I was a kid. <laughs> um, I never noticed that. I, I like I like Casper a lot. I I went and saw Hocus Pocus with my grandmother. Um, and then we also went and saw Casper and <laughs> that's the witches when they walk. <laughs> yeah. And I just, uh, I always put those two movies together and I like used to watch them as a double feature when I was a kid too. Hmm. Um, because I liked both of those, fe- those movies have a great, like not so scary, but scary Halloween feeling. Mm-hmm. And they were fun. I don't remember why, but we never got a Casper. We never got an actual Casper sequel, but the movie did well. Yeah, we got a Casper sequel. Well, we got a spirited beginning or some shit oh. that we went straight to. Straight oh, okay, to TV. Yeah, 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 But like, because I was like, I've seen that one. I know. Yeah, but we never got like an actual like a That's second. That's probably Casper. why I never liked Casper because I watched that one first. I enjoyed it. What was the other movie you watched? Because there was three, wasn't there? There was. 
on your posts. Like you had Suspiria, you had Casper, and you had Dracula. Oh, okay. Dracula. Dracula. Yeah, no. This week, the only other movie I watched was Fright. <laughs> Fright Night. Was that not? You did awesome? not like Fright Night. I loved it. Liar. I had a, a super. You fun made time. a face when we left. I was surprised. Did I? Yeah. I don't know. I loved the movie. I assumed you were just like, eh, it was okay. I was dancing out of the theater. Yeah. So. Happily dancing. And? You liked the music. It was great music, but I, I liked the movie a lot. Um, It was not what I was expecting. I was expecting it Same. to be a lot more humorous. I was expecting it to be a lot more like Horror. zombie apocalypse-y. And here's like I assumed that this was a bad vampire, like just attacking people. Hmm. Okay. Here's here's the thing. Um, he was actually just trying to see. Really, the 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 tr- the true story. There needs to be like an e true Hollywood story behind Fright Night because poor Jerry Dandridge was just trying to rid the town of crime, yeah. and they're just like, <laughs> "Fuck it, we're gonna murder him." Because, <laughs> He was just trying to help out, man. He like was trying to give it all them prostitutes, prostitutes and drug dealers, and God knows what else. Like, well, I pointed out at the end, he was in very 2017 PC because the only people he kills are women and black, <laughs> black men. <guy>. Jesus. <laughs> it, it was it was a fun movie, uh, but it was a lot darker than I was expecting. My only thought like before that. the movie was: for years, I'd seen the cover and thought it looked really cool. I didn't know it was about vampires. I just, I don't know, it looked looked spooky. Mm-hmm. But it was colorful blue, so it looked like it'd be fun. Right, you saw that cover. Mm-hmm. But and I didn't notice until the other day that I'd seen the cover of the remake too, and oh, I yeah. never put together that they were both the same name. And so I'm actually kind of interested to see that now. It's got it's got like a 74 on Rotten Tomatoes. It's actually and it's in the ha- 50s for audiences, but still. And Tom Holland, uh, the guy who directed, he co-wrote it. Yeah, he was involved in it. It's pretty. It's actually pretty good from what I hear. I've also not seen it. We mm-hmm. should totally watch it. Colin Farrell plays the Guys, vampire. Yeah, this uh, is everything. David that Tennant. you could want in a vampire. Yeah, movie. David Tennant is the hunter. See, here's what pushed me away from Friday Night was uh, the VHS cover that had that I had at my video store, which was this. Ah. Uh. Oh. <laughs> and it's uh if you look up VH like the Fright Night VHS cover, it's a it's evil Ed screaming with the cross burned into his forehead, and above it in some cheesy lettering it says Fright Night. It tells you nothing about the movie other than it's an outstanding horror film. And I just was like that You're looks a hillbilly vampire. It's <laughs> what it looks terrible. Like. Yeah. I mean like I was like, that looks really bad. Like those are f- those teeth look terrible and yeah, I just I never wanted to see it because of that. And then just not too long ago, I watched it. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was great. There's only two things I didn't like. And what was that? One was Evil Ed. Could not freaking stand that guy <laughs> at all. I was like, as soon as we met him, I was like, shut that one up. Uh, His death was long and painful, like, was it not? Yeah. Ugh. What was the other thing? And then... Um, I don't really care for when they make vampires have like gruesome faces sometimes. Like, why oh, can't yeah, they just be good looking all the time? Mm. <laughs> I, I didn't mind that. Um, it's fine. But I just well, I prefer when not they to. when when they fear you, it's like salting the meat. Yeah. Oh, right. you're funny. Too bad they don't eat meat. Um, 
salting the blood. I will say whenever it's blown up on a screen like what we saw, you could kind of see a little of the seams, but the makeup held up pretty well. I didn't notice though, yeah. I noticed, the only one that I noticed is whenever he first gets, we first see his monster face in uh, Charlie's room. Mm. That was the only time I was like, oh, that doesn't look so great. But wasn't the effect where uh, his partner... uh, what oh god what was his name uh i don't remember, I don't remember his partner like melted was uh-huh. that not awesome it was very i was watching that. Jones. yeah i was watching that. i was like i bet everett is loving these effects like disgusting so. yeah it was gross and it was nice to see roddy mcdowell outside of heavy prosthetics yes, was it I've not never i don't think i've seen him in another movie huh maybe i i don't think i've looked at his filmography but yeah i don't i think that's the first I was going to say, I think that's the first time I've seen his actual face, uh-huh. but actually now I remember watching the behind the f- scenes. He used to make his own home movies on the planet right. sets, and so yeah, he'd got... be filming himself while getting his makeup put on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I liked him. I, I did too, and there's a Fright Night Part 2. I, I just have a non-sanctioned Blu-ray copy of it because they haven't put it out because there's a lot mm-hmm. of rights issues around it. Um. But it's like the same story, essentially, except for I think it's Charlie. Charlie or Peter end up in an insane asylum and everything like there's another vampire in town and da da da, and everybody treats it like you're crazy for thinking this, even though they just went through it. Like if it's yeah, I think it's Charlie is in the institution, comes out, tries to talk to Peter Vincent like this is happening again. Peter's like, whatever, dude, like it's not really we You know, it's. Oh, we, it is a strange, it's a strange sequel. It's a very strange sequel, but it's essentially the same story. I would, I, what would have been cool is if they had done a sequel where now Peter Vincent is a real vampire hunter. Yeah, that would be cool. I, but like Evil Ed didn't come back. Huh. Which seems like that was set up. That, that was exactly yeah. obviously. Yeah. He did a 967, e, yeah, 967 Evil which was directed by Robert England mm-hmm. and it's a weird kind of film and it bombed. And then that guy went and did a lot of porn movies <laughs> and there's an awesome documentary called you're so cool Brewster on shutter. And I think it's on Amazon prime as well uh, about the making of those two films. It's pretty, it's pretty, if you like documentaries, go check it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I watched Friday night with you guys. And then we watched these movies we're about to discuss and that's all I watched. I, I've not had a lot of time this week. Yeah, and Same. to move from this into our actual film discussion, an announcement this week. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, the Bride of Frankenstein, the next movie In for the Dark, the Dark universe. universe, has been taken off the table for now. Yeah, put on it, hold indefinitely. Uh, I guess what I had read is just before this, the director said his movie will have nothing to do with the dark universe, yes. which I don't know how you that, pull something like that off. Yeah. It came out. Like I read that. I read that at like six o'clock in the morning. And then I kid you not by lunch, the, the announcement that straight from universal came out that it's put on hold. Yeah. Which it's weird. Cause it was already in pre-production. Like they already had the actors yeah. ready to shoot in February, but yeah. And, uh, from what I've what I've read and what people are saying um, is that they're going to try and reboot the entire Dark Universe now <laughs> with with the Bride of Frankenstein. That is going to be the idea. 
and oh. Russell Crowe and Tom Cruise are no longer in the picture. Well, all I can say is <laughs> we'll see how it just goes. Just fucking stop trying to make a universe. Just make a good movie, and if it works, yeah. and then you make another one, and it works, like you can have this stuff in the background to make it something. Mm-hmm. You don't have to dive right in. Like DC did it, and it didn't work out. Like it's finally kind of like we got Wonder Woman, and it seems like it's going to be okay. You know what I mean? I liked Man of Steel, and I, I do like Batman Superman, but I know there are problems there. I don't know. It's just like you don't have to have a universe. Yeah. Everybody's like, we need a universe. We need a universe. It's like, no, you, f- you really don't. The Dark Knight mm-hmm. movies. They were great. They were fantastic, and they were not a universe. No universe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I like I like the idea. I always wanted universe films when I was a kid. Like, mm-hmm. I like I whenever Alien versus Predator came out, I was just like, Oh my god, <laughs> like they're finally like the Chromics crossed and I was like, They're finally doing it and I was like, If this is a success, maybe we'll get Alien versus Predator versus Terminator because there's a comic of that too. And uh <laughs> I like the idea, but you gotta you got you have to get the time and do it right. Yeah. But I these just... these films we're talking about, the old Universal Monster films was the first cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. 31 of them connect and this is we're doing frankenstein which means there might be a f- good amount of people here listening that weren't here for the last episode so to reestablish, i'm a big universal monsters fan and i just don't i, I kind of don't care i'd rather it just not get remade at all than be remade badly yeah but uh yeah We'll we'll see what happens if yeah. it if it goes if the first movie's good, then that's fine. Make it or don't. I don't I don't really care right now. <laughs> here's what I don't. Here's what I don't like, and what bothers me, is that Frankenstein the novel is Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. It is one book. Right. They they remade that in the night in ninety four. I mean, it's like two and a half hours long. It's got Robert De Niro, and it's got uh, the guy who directed... Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, that guy. Directed Thor. As uh, director and actor. Yeah. And have you seen that? Yeah, we have it. Okay. And so, it was uh, Helena Bottom, Bottom Carter. She was... Oh, was that Elizabeth? She, yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember. Um, but that film does Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein in one film. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the point of doing Bride of Frankenstein as a remake because mm-hmm. there's a lot of prequel material you're leaving off the table that we kind of need to establish these characters and relationships. Yeah, it's a strange mm-hmm. choice. I mean, here's the thing. It was a strange choice to give up Dracula and say we're going to start with the mummy now. Yeah, That's a strange choice because... It's a Granted, we had the 90s stuff with Brendan and Fraser, so maybe they're like, hey, That's, people yeah. will still recognize the name for this, whereas maybe they won't recognize some of the others. And that I get because I would, I could see, I can see that train of thought because after Bram Stoker's Dracula with Gary Oldman, the next Dracula movie, like studio Dracula movie we got was uh, Dracula 2000 mm-hmm. with uh, Gerard Butler. And that's a fun movie. But it is a dumb movie. I've never seen it, but I'm watching it this this month at some point. Okay. It's on Hulu, so yeah, it's on Hulu. Uh, it's it's weird. It's not. It's almost more of a slasher film. Hmm. 
I don't know. Oh yeah, it's a. Uh, it's Wes Craven who Wes did it. Wes Craven. Yeah. Okay. So. I don't know. It didn't do a lot for him. And then that was the last Dracula film we got. Uh, our Dracula in a major studio film. So we got Van Helsing. Dracula was in it as the villain. But it wasn't called Dracula. And then we get Dracula Untold. And they're just like, oh, that didn't do well either. Just fuck that. You know, I don't know. Like, well, just you're like- forgetting in the mid-90s, <laughs> we, <laughs> we had Leslie Nielsen in Dracula Dead and Loving It. I hate that movie. I it hate is that. so bad. I hate that movie as much as I don't like Bram Stoker's <laughs> Dracula. I'll tell you a better movie if you're interested in those. If you don't like those movies and you want to see a good Dracula movie or a vampire film, go watch a vampire in Brooklyn uh, with Eddie Murphy because it's got killer effects and it's a hell of a lot more enjoyable than either of those that we just named. If you, have you ever seen that? Mm, I don't think so. It's a fun, it's a fun movie that is very self-aware of what it is. I I just think that their problem is is that they can't get Frankenstein, or Dracula right, but they got the Mummy right, and they had they got it right enough to make three se- or two sequels and a spinoff series. So it's like let's go back to that well. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, it's so weird they started on the, with the Mummy to segue here because. Frankenstein is got to be like the biggest name in horror of at least this century. You I, think so? I can't think of another name that might stand out above it. I I think today's generation Dracula. I don't know. I think today's generation has more recognition with Jason, Freddy, and the '80s icons than they do with the thirties icons. And I think that's part of the reason that these films don't do so well. These new reboots and things mm-hmm. like that is because it's not the generation that appreciated those icons from the thirties or even the fifties and the sixties with the hammer films, which I, I adore. They're not, they're not around. And this newer generation has a hard time going back and watching something old and it was hard. It's hard watching. A, it's like I, I can appreciate Dracula and we watched it. But I can see how it would be hard to hold somebody's attention when there's no music to give you tension. <laughs> um, there's, no music, there's no music. And the acting is very over the top. And it's black and white. Mm-hmm. Like there are all these strikes with a younger generation already against it. So unless somebody just truly enjoys film it's hard to go back. Yeah. But what I'm thinking of when Frankenstein stands out is because, and it's not even the book, it's this movie put him on the map for a through line through entire entertainment. Yeah. Like he's in every, like he's almost like Santa Claus in TV shows, like, or cartoons. Yeah. He shows up everywhere. Yeah, he does. He does. And so that's why I think, I don't know, he's such a big name. I think you would that would be the first thing to go with. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, the, the existential crisis of Frankenstein is relatable in a sense to people more so than Dracula, right. I would think. You can get behind, you can at least relate to a guy who's questioning why and why can't I do what God can do. Mm-hmm. You can at least relate to that maybe a little bit more than 
I'm Dracula and I'm gonna just I'm just gonna suck your blood because I've been living centuries and I'm sucking blood and that's what I do. Yeah. Or at least sympathize with him. Yeah. Because watching this movie again, I I think I always noticed there was something sad about it, but only until a couple years ago is when I really realized he's such a sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. And so that's fun getting to go back and watch this because we watched earlier this year King Kong. And that's kind of like that, but I almost feel like that wasn't intentional in the original uh, King Kong. You mean you're talking about Frank the monster, not yeah, Doctor. the monster. Okay, all right. I felt yeah, I felt a lot of sympathy for Frank's. I've never watched this one uh, all the way through, hmm. so it's first first viewing for me. Yeah, uh, getting ready to watch this again, I was expecting this one to be my favorite because it's it was always my favorite as a kid. I don't think I ever really. The Mummy is kind of a boring character. The Mummy movies are uh, kind of boring. The Wolfman is... I love Wolfman. He's he's a Wolfman. Not, yeah. nothing, nothing to really grab onto there as well, a kid. I, yeah, I guess uh, as I, a kid. Unless you're a big dog fan, I guess. Um, and then Dracula, like you said, he's, he's, I always like, he's a dead guy. I, I relate to the Wolfman more because you're out of control. Hmm. This is happening to you. And it's kind of like, it's kind of everyday life. Like you have to do things to survive or to live and don't necessarily get a choice in it. Um, so that's, I don't know, the duality there. Yeah. So last week we did Dracula. Yep. Dracula, 1931 movie. And it made a good 700,000 over its first run. And so, of course, now yeah, Carl Emily Jr. is like, we got to do these these horror movies see see dad yeah see dad yeah uh it doesn't really matter what his dad thinks because he's the owner now and i i didn't even realize but carl emily jr was handed basically the keys to the company from his dad when he was 21 years old wow yeah wow the 30s guys that's the time to live (laughs) apparently (laughs) well uh, the time not to live because life expectancy maybe yeah. In, the great, in the great depression but so this was like what's the next big book frankenstein mary shelley's yeah kindle yeah did you read mary shelley's frankenstein no okay i wasn't sure i did it was required my senior year so i didn't know if you had read it i doubt that i read anything that was required of me watching this movie when i was a kid it was interesting to get into high school and read the book and be like, that was nothing like the movie I remember. Right. Watching with my dad. Nothing no. alike. No, so it was it, very, uh, that's one of the most interesting things about this one is we knew Dracula was shortened. And I guess at that point they're like, yeah, yeah we don't have to stick to the source material. People will go see the movie either way. Yeah. they just kind of pulled little bits like, things here and there from it and mary shelley it's interesting well we'll, i guess we'll get there when we get through frankenstein because i want to talk a little bit about bride but Mm -hmm. um yeah well so they released frankenstein uh to start off with and then they did the four sequels and we only watched bride Right, they did Sun, House of Frankenstein, and... Ghost of Frankenstein. Ghost of Frankenstein. And then Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Right, but we only watched the first two, so we have reference of that. But I guess after that, 
the third one Karloff came back for. The other two, he did not. Uh, he he came back for Abbott and Costello, didn't he? He didn't. He didn't. Okay. Uh, he came back for House of Frankenstein, but as the scientist, not mm. as the monster. Interesting. But I guess in the next three, he becomes more like robotic. Yes. In a way, uh, less less of the monster we're gonna discuss tonight. Yeah. There's a few really interesting things, and what's interesting is how they both open. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, the first one, you get a narrator that tells you, don't panic. It's only a movie. Yeah. I had no clue what it was, so I'm really glad he said that. I was a little confused at first. Wait, you didn't know the story of Frankenstein? It was a joke. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, well, see, this is... I, saw, I, I read that that was a choice. Actually, Carl Lemley was like, hey, let's put this on just for show, but actually maybe to warn people. <laughs> like it was 50-50, we don't get which, which just sounds kind of silly. But back but, then. Like literally people were terrified of this. Yeah. Which is so which is strange. so weird to me. Like I heard a story of uh, somebody was telling that when they were in a the theater, they could hear when the monster first shows his face here like bumps against the chair of kids dropping to the floor and hiding yeah that which is ridiculous like it's just a tv screen i don't understand well it's a tv screen but you have to remember that these people have never seen anything like this i guess yeah i guess guess we grew up with looking at frankenstein people dressing up and all that stuff uh frankenstein's not scary looking i mean we drew we grew up with fucking like frankenberry or whatever it is the cereal frankenberry (laughs) You know, like I my like, favorite cereal as a kid. <laughs> that is your favorite cereal. I remember that. Um, but we grew up with. We saw him everywhere. We had Alvin and yeah. the Chipmunks meet Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. We had. He, he just. Yeah, he's a friendly little character. I like the green Frankenstein. Skin. Yeah, yes, with uh, green skin. Yeah. Um, James Whale was the director on this. Uh, he mostly did plays, but he was brought on, and they did a preview before this in in hollywood and he got a call at 3 a.m from somebody saying uh are you the guy who put up that movie tonight and he's like yeah and he's like well i can't sleep and i'll be goddamned if i let you go to sleep <laughs> <laughs> because everybody was in the phone book or you could at least call the operator back then i guess so i just i was like a grown man <laughs> called him Saying he can't fall asleep because of this movie. And what happened to the conversation? Did they just talk all night? I, I don't know. I, I, I would I, love, I to, I would love to go back in time. I wonder if it was more of, I mean, <gasps> obviously they thought that Frankenstein was scary, but more of the morality of the movie? Like, who could rob graves and do something so effed up? Yeah, well, I did notice watching it again how dark this movie is mm-hmm. in yeah. contrast to Dracula. Because Dracula has no violence no no cadavers and this has 100 percent more yes. of that and i mean we've got the the body hanging from the noose yes and oh oh dwight fry comes back from dracula as dracula's igor as kindle said it he's to so be igor dr frankenstein's igor which also not called igor but he's igor well, it, Igor wasn't even in Mary Shelley's book. Ah. Uh, he he didn't have a lab assistant. Uh, this was, as far as people know, was the first invention of that S- type of character. Such a character, yeah. As Fritz, 
and then Igor ah. actually comes into play in Sun, actually played by Bela Lugosi. Yes. Which, Bela Lugosi was the first choice for Frankenstein's monster. Uh, he, I was actually excited when he heard they were going to make this, that he wanted to be Dr. Frankenstein. Hmm. But Carl Lamley Jr. wanted him to be the monster. So yeah. he brought him in to do some tests, makeup tests, and I he, can't imagine that look was he right. hated it. Yeah. He was like, I I'm what the script he read, there was no dialogue from the monster. He was basically just a killing machine grunting. It wasn't the same thing we have now. Which uh, the script was very different and so he's he's he immediately turned it down. Yeah. Which Frankenstein in the first film does not speak a word. No. Yeah. He, I mean. He grunts. Yeah. He grunts and moans. Yeah. And (laughs) when he has fire near him. (laughs) Yeah. Smart move. For the narrator, the opening narration? No, for Bela to turn it down. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is, was apparently actually camera screen tests. Really? As far as we know, lost. Lost time. Which I Any think that I'd love to see them, but they're just they're not non-existent as far as we know. I would love to see Bella Lugosi in that makeup just to see what that looked like. I just can't imagine. He's got too much of a round. Like, he, his face is too rounded. Karloff is angular, and it works. Mm-hmm. Like, it really works. Yeah. When he and ca- go ahead. Uh, when he came in. And uh, he got the role. He didn't. He didn't know what the role was when he came in to test for it. Mm-hmm. But they were like, "You have the part." Like basically immediately, and he was kind of like all upset right. because he was like dressed his best and like all made up. <laughs> and so basically, kind of, you look like a monster. <laughs> is how he felt like it was. But yeah, I he's. I mean, it, he's super tall and he has a square face, and all they had to do is put squares his forehead out a little bit and you got the monster he doesn't yeah. look scary though to me uh he just looks like a dude with he bolts looks like, on his neck i don't know he looks like a zombie to me and i i mean with the eyes like the eyes are the creepiest part to me which no. i guess was a later addition because he he looked too alive i guess and so they hammered on wax onto his eyes and so it weighs it down and hammered so i think him? I'm I'm just throwing oh, out, okay. throwing out <laughs> verbs, not literally hammered, but he it was a ton of makeup uh, yes. all the, all day, and I guess the ton of clothes too, because he he apparently lost 25 pounds throughout the movie. Yeah, just walking around in that. Because he's a junk. he's a he's a he was a thin man. Mm-hmm. He was not nearly as bulky as what Frankenstein is. What I'm curious about, the only thing I couldn't figure out how he did was his cheek. I will uh, tell you. His, his cheek is pulled. Oh, yeah, you walked in during that. Yeah, but I don't actually know what it's called. He had a bridge inside his mouth, and during that, they learned of that. And when they were doing the makeup, and he's like, they, he decided to take it out, and so it sunk in. Yeah. And oh. then they just so put a little more makeup, up, makeup on to shade it so it looked even deeper. Oh, Teeth wow. and stuff weren't yeah. there. Well, okay. That was just convenience. Because <laughs> I was wondering, I was like, the whole time, I was like, that's fucking weird. And, like, that... That made it to me like that little it's the little details. Anybody can look like a fucking zombie, mm-hmm. but like something like that that nobody would think of that you sold me on the makeup. Mm-hmm. You sold me on the look because I will that buy the is makeup. weird. That is weird. 
I like the cast and the question mark as the monster. That was fun. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. And the acting felt a lot more grounded. Uh, this is pretty good so far. And so not tired. so. I didn't feel like I was watching a stage stage play. Yeah, we. Yeah, that was good. Dwight Fry as Fritz. He's still great, but he's out actually outshined in this as opposed to Dracula. Right. Um. Whereas we have both. Uh, I didn't Karloff even recognize that was him. Is really. Yeah, I, well, I, I thought I it was s- the same character, but I. Like, I think I saw the name in the cast at first. Uh, and so okay. I'm like, Oh yeah, he's in this. And then watching it, I'm like, oh, this is the same exact person. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. But is no. it supposed to be the same person? Well, we get two yeah. instances of that. We get it's not supposed to be the same person, but we get two instances of that because we have him, and then we have Professor Van Helsing back as Professor Van Helsing. Oops, <laughs> yeah. I meant Doctor Wallman. I believe it's pronounced Waldman in German, Whatever. which means Voldemort. They is they who pronounce really it three is. different ways throughout the film. Yeah, but uh, like Colin Clive as Doctor Frankenstein is fantastic. It like is. to this day, it's it's great acting. Yeah, it is. And uh, apparently, he was actually a really tortured soul. Like in this, like he had an alcohol problem and all that, and I uh, probably heavy depression that they didn't really understand in 1931. Sure, but. He could tap into that dark side. I uh, we we're not doing favorite scenes yet, but my favorite scene is one of his monologues but that and Karloff he just he portrays that child like character very well Mm -hmm. I mean this is a very specific character that probably had never been done back then like that type of not that type person yeah and you feel you you feel sympathy for him because like what you're saying he's a child right but you beat a child so much and you're going to turn it mean. Mm-hmm. You're going to make it hate and you're going to make it violent. That's the whole reason he go, he becomes like he becomes is because of uh, Fritz just mm-hmm. beating and wailing on him. I do not believe if it was, if it wasn't for Fritz, we would not have the same Frankenstein. No. Yeah. And then we have Victor and Henry Frankenstein. We have Victor and then we have Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein. Instead of Dr. Victor Frankenstein, which yeah. we find out Victor is his first name and Henry is the middle name. I don't remember finding that out. But. Maybe in one of the other films, it shows his tombstone I was reading. Oh, about. okay. I think it's in uh, Son of Frankenstein. Then whatever one comes next because the actor had passed away and was not able to come back. Hmm. And we also have Baron Frankenstein. Baron Frankenstein, and then in the next one, who we is have... the most <laughs> senile old man of all cinema? <laughs> he is. Uh, he is our. Uh, hold on. What is his name? He is our Martin. He is our Martin. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. We needed a comic relief character, and so we have we have Baron Frankenstein, um, who is just incredible, incredibly negative. Like he's always just like, "Oh, what's going on?" Of course, he's fucking up. Like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, as soon as he enters the windmill, he just starts tearing it apart. It's like, ah, this, this is the worst door I've ever seen. Right, like just Mr. Negative Who needs to live? Who lives here? This doesn't make any sense. But that, you mean the lab? Was that a windmill? I He said something, the Baron, when they first, they're first talking to him, he says something about my son being held up in an old windmill. Oh, okay. I guess it's supposed to be. It doesn't have, it doesn't have the yeah, windmill part. Right. But. But that set is beautiful. Yeah. Oh my god. And the, 
the scale. Oh, yes. it feels so large. It does. It does. And it's because I they I mean they built these things. Mm-hmm. Um, there were only two scenes where it gave the 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 age of the film showed through. Hmm. Uh, to me anyway. And that was whenever we are in the chamber that holds Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. That is a matte painting of a window behind them and how it goes on for a while. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like it goes on for a while. It's forced perspective and it's a matte painting. And there's that scene. And then at the very end, when they are hunting the monster, you see that the sky is a sheet <laughs> because you can see the ruffles. Um, from it not being secured properly. Well, I'll say I didn't notice them, so it worked I for was me, which probably I was looking at the foreground. So his lab, mm-hmm. those sci-fi set pieces look so cool to this day. Yes. That wasn't a thing. No. Those were made for this movie, and we still have them today in mm-hmm. every sci-fi movie. Yeah, yeah, especially like the uh, cylindrical tubes. Yeah, and I guess I don't have his name written down, but it was an inventor mm. that uh, supplied him for the movie. Of course, like in his lab, we get the we get the famous line of "It's alive, it's alive!" Like it was cool to see that. Gave me a little bit of chills, and a nice little touch that I don't know if they did this today, like if they if they did some revisionist uh, mixing to this film, but every every single step that Frankenstein takes has a sub frequency to it. Hmm. And it goes like it just, you can feel it ever so slightly. Hmm. And I liked that, especially whenever you can hear it most and feel it most whenever he first appears. But every step he takes throughout this film with those giant boots, there's a slight sub frequency. Huh? I didn't notice, but I did, uh, when I was listening to somebody describe the first experience of this movie, like that was a terrifying moment. You just hear his steps coming through. So maybe it, I don't know. I'm sure they didn't have like the widest range of sound back then, but speaking of, we don't have any music throughout this entire film. No. Once again. No. Yep. Kendall's over there just like it's an old fucking movie guys actually kind of fall asleep yeah which was interesting we discussed it a little bit I don't remember if it was in the podcast or not but we were talking about the next movies to come and Frankenstein was next and you're like oh I actually like that one yeah did you not like it as much this time uh I feel like maybe we didn't watch it but we watched Bride for sure because I remember the old man that's what I remember about the movie. Mm. The blind man. Oh. Mm, I can tell I can tell you going through this again watching these two movies. They're... I don't think I've seen Bride. Oh, really? At least not in full. I can't imagine. Uh, w- watching it for a long time I'm like, I don't remember any of this. Like it wasn't clicking in my mind. There was no memory there until we got to the blind man and i'm like okay i I recognize this which may just be because of like compilations of the best of stuff but also you're gonna see it because we're gonna be watching young frankenstein by mel brooks later this month and that's what i think she's thinking of because they redo that with gene hackman as the blind man Uh, 
then that is what I'm thinking and of. It's, it's a very funny scene, but because uh, Young Frankenstein riffs on these first two films. Yeah. So that's what I think you're probably remembering. Probably. From so I guess I hadn't seen these. I liked how they weren't shy of showing the monster. Like they were very proud of him, yeah. even in daylight. That was nice. Uh, it was interesting the first time they introduce him with the steps and he comes through the door. He uh, walks through backwards. Yeah. And then reveals his face. It's yeah. almost like, ah! oh, wait, it's not there. Ah! Yeah. And it does that cut. It shows him in, in full scale and then it shows a close up face and then even closer. Yeah. Right up there with those heavy eyelids. Mm hmm. Which and he's just staring. So I can see why people were afraid actually during that first scene. Yeah. Like he I don't know. I guess they haven't seen him yet. Mm-hmm. And you just he li- he does look almost dead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's It's just interesting because none of us were None of us screamed watching this movie. No, no. none no. of us uh, uh, jumped or or hid under our seats. No. And so I'm just wondering, like, a horror movie that people find terrifying today in 30 years, 50 years, are people just gonna think it's like, oh yeah, that doesn't hold up? You know, I kind of wonder about that, right? Well, we're not gonna we're not gonna react the same way. I think about that, but then I also think of movies like halloween mm-hmm. and the thing that mm-hmm. still terrify mm-hmm. um or the original alien like the atmosphere and the tension is still today here there like it is still here today 40 years later and i believe a big part of that is due to the grounded feeling of the acting and to the music um and the sets being so so unlike anything you've ever seen <laughs> And maybe that's what got these people back then is because it was unlike anything you've ever seen. And there's no real way to prepare for something you've never seen before, right? But as we go on, kids today have so many interpretations and versions of Frankenstein that it's it's boring. It becomes boring because I can go watch Frankenstein in the Monster Squad or I can go watch Frankenstein in Van Helsing and it's much more entertaining to me. Mm-hmm where this is very slow it's it's uh it's slow but it's a short film mm-hmm. I it's will barely say a feature film the part there is a, a part in this movie that still feels unsettling and kind of disturbing to me is the scene of hans walking through all these dancing happy germans carrying his lifeless, his lifeless daughter yeah which we have and they're all like dancing and then every once in a while you'll just you'll start seeing one person like glance off and just stare at yeah they stop that was yeah was, that was unsettling and it just feels so real it does because and we also get uh like here we are the second second monster right mm-hmm. and we get stranger danger case number two this time with Frankenstein, like instead of the white lady, it's now it's Frankenstein throwing your children into the fucking river, drowning them. I was hoping we'd have Stranger Stranger Danger case number three with Bride, but we didn't. No. Yeah, it, and also uh, I'm not sure what they did, but the film, so it was cut, right? A lot of it was cut. That scene of him throwing the girl was cut for the longest time. Oh yeah, and it shows because that film was not taken care of. If you watch, when we watched this, the film, the quality dropped. 
when he throws the girl mm-hmm. and as he walks away because back back when uh like in the 30s when they cut a film it's like okay if we're not going to use it why keep it it took him a long time to actually recover that cut material wow yeah yeah apparently they also had at some point post code had cut the scene of him saying i know what it feels like to be god yeah yeah and so it jumped like it cut (laughs) just just out of there and then cut to him just standing in front of the bed right which is so weird you're watching a movie about somebody bringing a guy back to life by himself and they have to cut that (laughs) right it just that's a a, a little silly guys i i but yeah whatever Oh, oh! but also another terrifying scene from this movie is the mob of actors carrying torches above their heads yeah. as they're dripping onto the grass. Go figure. I mean, like... <laughs> no insurance agents back there inside those studios. Nobody cares. It's just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> um, speaking of the townspeople, whenever he brings the body of the girl in, he tells them that she was murdered or whatever. But how did he know that? Yeah, there's no how way he, he would know that other than. I mean, you'd it find happen. the body floating, but then you like, who's to say your kid just didn't wander off and fall, fall in? in. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, the judge or the mayor, or whoever he is of the town, is just like, no, we're not gonna go. There's no evidence here, and fuck no, we're not gonna have a trial. I want everybody to grab your pitchforks and grab your torches because we have a murderer on our hands. Forget like justice. Yeah, another small thing you're supposed to ignore is who found Dr. Waldman and didn't get killed by the monster. Well, who we never get another mention of Waldman. Like, I don't remember anybody ever saying that he was killed. It was uh, Victor. He comes in, uh, Frankenstein is in, uh, with Eli- in the room with Elizabeth, and then Victor comes knocking she oh she's saying something's going wrong i I just know i can feel it and then victor comes in and he's like he 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 whispers to him dr voldman he's dead Mm, okay and then he he's like he turns around and he's like the monster it must be in town and then he closes the door and locks it and he's like he's in the house yeah and he's outside the house they run up and then they (laughs) run down and it's like the guy is outside i understand he's taking heavy footsteps but come on yeah but then this is the big uh thing that's kind of hard to ignore the monster comes to his creator's house and walks into the window right up on elizabeth and why why no explanation can he smell him yeah, I don't know. That that's just one thing that it's it's kind of hard to ignore. I kind of maybe figured that the like the locations were close enough to each other that they could be seen, so it's the next landmark that the monster would see. I guess it's a pretty big building, so. That was my that was my thought and it just happened to be it was happenstance that was the murder or was the mayor, uh, wedding going on and all that. Hmm. Um, okay. But how can he walk up on her? And she not hear those big clunky boots because he gets right behind her and oh, she's yeah, walking. Yeah, I was watching that and it was like, okay, like I can hear that. Yeah, he coming. walks up behind her. She stands up, walks to the door, walks all the way across I'm the sorry, room to her. But and a man then that, she turns yeah, around when um, he starts grunting. Those big fucking boots, you are going to feel that moving you. 
Um, I did really like, I mean, we get the town, they chase him up the, uh, or they chase him into the mill or whatever. Um, I liked the scene of Frankenstein looking at the monster through the, uh, through the, the wheel. Mm-hmm. I like that scene. There's just a lot of, uh, I don't know, I guess, uh, symbolism in it. Mm-hmm. For... Yeah. I kind of like maybe they're you are two sides you... of the same coin two or... sides of the same coin and you are what you create like mm-hmm. you are you this is your fault it's a very interesting shot mm-hmm. that they put in there because it's very like there's all this commotion going on outside and then he's chasing him and then there's just this small part where they're just staring at each other right and traditionally frankenstein has valued his creator mm-hmm. he didn't ever hate dr frankenstein to my i don't remember that at least um but here he's just like i'm just gonna murder you yeah which is interesting because as we know in the second movie he sacrifices himself to let him go be free with elizabeth who is not may clark they apparently could not get her back yeah i know she went from uh she went from blonde to brunette but and in true 30s Hollywood style, the original Frankenstein ends on a lighthearted note. Dr. Frankenstein lives, even though he gets thrown off the windmill, lands on it. Like, oh, <laughs> that, that looked that looked so bad when he hits uh, that windmill. Yeah. His old body twists. Yeah. And I understand it's not a real person, but mm-hmm. yeah. And there's a lot of those scenes in the the 30s King Kong like that yeah. like men just hitting the ground. I I did like how they were able to superimpose it all together back then how they found a way to do such a thing mm-hmm. with Frankenstein throwing him over the the rail. And then of course they burn the whole whole mill down and yeah that was then the they're only just part. like it's okay fine we're done this and is the only part that didn't hold up for me because it shows a back shot a, a far away shot with an obvious or a miniature mm-hmm. of a burning windmill with all these miniature people who are very obviously miniature. catching on fire yeah. at this point yeah and so that that was a little funny yeah it was yeah it was good and it like i can see why this was such a big deal back then um but today yeah some of it's a bit silly but we get the the millburns down and they're like yeah we killed the monster and it's like you didn't see a body and this might be the one of the first instances of that like you don't see it dead it's not really dead mm-hmm. so then we watch bride mm-hmm. and bride opens with an incredibly uh well first <laughs> hold on wait before we get there the credits boris karloff is just karloff uh-huh He's become a name yeah. as the monster. Uh, yeah, and I, like I said, I don't think I had ever seen Bride before, but the first thing I noticed is it has a score. It has a it's score. This, yeah, it has a score. It had a score. Throughout the whole film, it was mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, a nice, nice touch. And it has a very meta opening. Yeah, it was so weird. I was, oh, I was like, very what? confused. I'm like, wait, where are we? Are we in England now? Because they have British accents, but... We have, uh, God, what's his name? I already, f- yeah, I, I, this is, this is a real thing. Apparently the creation of Frankenstein, the novel was published anonymous, anonymously because uh, it was written by a woman, Mary Shelley, 
and her fiance mm -hmm. and this friend baron lord baron whatever his name is uh were stuck inside mm -hmm. because of the rain and so they decided to have a riding contest and thus is birthed mary shelley's frankenstein interesting i didn't i didn't know that i knew that like i know she gets all the credit for it but he the her fiance i believe they got married mm -hmm. um contributed ideas um so that was interesting in her uh just how how they actually tell you a little bit about the novel like how it was hard to get it published and whatever mm -hmm. uh little bits is really it was really interesting and how they bridge the films that you've been listening to a story yeah and i also heard, I, I think this is right listeners can correct me online but lord baron the guy who's making very sexist very, remarks yeah. towards mary the entire speech apparently started his book about vampires which uh -huh. apparently fell into the hands of bram stoker interesting but they gave it a recap uh whenever we actually realized that what's going on because like we have this opening i'm like who are these characters where the fuck are we what do they have to do with anything and whenever he starts calling her mary i'm like what like <laughs> yeah but it was interesting we get a recap uh, a very speedy recap actually you know what i noticed that she was in it beforehand eliza god i can't remember her last name who i knew was playing the bride of frankenstein is cast as mary shelley yeah, yeah in the front and i'm like i wrote down mary shelley's in this right and so then it starts i saw that, that too scene. i was like that's weird but we get into the we get it like i love how they bridge the films and we get into it and there is a man there standing above all these flames and just shouting at everybody go home and go to bed like <laughs> these people in this movie are obsessed with going to bed they go home and sleep. We hear that, I think, probably six times throughout this film. Which I think that was supposed to be the Burgo Master from the last yeah, movie. Yeah. But now he looks completely different and has a mustache. Yeah, uh, he looks different. And then we also get introduced to the most annoying character of any movie I've ever seen. May. May, the nosy maid. Oh, man. She, uh, Kendall hated her. She could have been murdered, and I would have been fine with it. Yeah, but, but I, I just want to notice right, right here. I, this is the only thing I care about mentioning in this movie. I just got to get it out of my head. So Hans loses his daughter Maria, and then goes in straight into the sequel and gets murdered by the monster, and then his wife gets thrown in in the most terrifying way possible she lands on, <laughs> on her, her head knee. getting crushed and then falling down into the watery grave where her husband is and the owl just kind of looks over like yeah i've seen this before <laughs> i saw that coming is <laughs> the what the hell is happening yeah i loved it i was like yes <laughs> like I, it was fun because between between the two films, we obviously had some films that I think upped the body count aspect of these horror. I, I guess so. Horror films because we we kick it off with two murders and we hit the ground running. But what's what what's the most interesting part about these movies to me is we've already established he's a sympathetic character. I mean, he's basically a child. He is a universal monster, the most famous universal monster, but he's not the villain of these movies. I'd almost say there isn't a villain in the first movie. Maybe Fritz. Yeah, I mean, but, really, there's not a villain in the first. I mean, film. 
not a clear cut villain like we have today. No, yeah, and then the second one is Doctor Patronus. Patronius. Patronius. We got Voldemort and a Patronus. Dang. I don't know. I like. I, I, but there is a there's a bit of inconsistencies here because the bride to be uh, Elizabeth is telling you that or saying that she was told to beware her wedding night. Who told you Who that? Who told her that? Where did that come from? Like, Whoa. I missed that memo. Was it when you were dyeing your hair? Uh, probably. Yeah, and the Baron just disappears like into thin air. Yeah, I guess he went and got drunk and had a foursome with the maids or something. <laughs> Bye. I don't know. Pretorius. Pretorius. Yeah, I wrote it I down here. I like Patronus more. I like, yeah, Pretorius. Patronus. But he's super spooky. Like, when they first introduce him, he's like, I've come to see Frankenstein. And just, like, the... And he re- reveals that he is uh, Alfred Hitchcock's The Man Who Knew Too Much. Yeah. The upward camera angle on him and just how they introduce him was pretty spooky. I liked that. I liked that a lot. Um, yeah, he was a pretty creepy dude. Yeah, and now he call he starts calling uh, he starts calling uh, Doctor Frankenstein Baron Frankenstein, mm-hmm. and we were trying to figure this out, and it could be I mean there's multiple definitions, but I believe the reason that he is calling Frankenstein Baron is because he can't have kids. No, <laughs> it's, noise. <laughs> it's because uh, he's trying to flatter him. Hmm. He's trying to control him. Because Baron is a pioneer of industry, and Doctor Frankenstein is now the pioneer of creating life, pioneer of his industry, and I believe that is why, because he's the only character that refers to him as Baron. Nobody else does in the film. Not that I caught, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the second movie changes the monster a bit. Yeah, and his makeup's for, a little different too. Yeah, well, the first thing I noticed, his hair is burned off at the beginning, so he, you can see his bare scalp and you right. can see the staples in his head. But, Which is a good touch. Uh, character-wise, he's a he's a he's a talker now. Eventually, he gets there. Yeah, he gets there. Which he, I guess he's learning. There's some contention here between Karloff and James Whale because Karloff did not want him to talk. He wanted him to basically be the same character we know from the first movie. And for the story to work, he has to talk some. Yeah. And I guess it's a little believable. Um, As far as we know, he still has some connection to the brain of the man that he was taken from it was yeah the brain that uh fritz didn't drop whenever fritz dropped that first brain was just like oh jesus <laughs> like, <laughs> like you just woke up everybody that may have been there and not only that like can you imagine what is on that floor now and who's got to clean that up because fucking hell <laughs> the janitor walks in walks right back out <laughs> I, I would just go hang up my keys and be like somebody else can find that like <laughs> I'm not paid enough for this. <laughs> Nor do I have the cleaning supri- supplies required to get that off the goddamn floor. Um, yeah, but uh, so he didn't want him to speak. But I don't. Th- this is so interesting because Karloff sticks with it for one more movie. The character changes more and more, and they keep bringing it back more and more. And Karloff loved this character so much 
to the point where he was willing to say, if you're just going to keep doing these and making it more of a prop, I'm not joining you anymore. Yeah. Which kind of makes this the first franchise to that recast. studios were like, cash, cash, cash. Yeah. We can, we can make infinite dollars from this. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Karloff they... was the guy who mm-hmm. first saw a studio doing this almost. Yeah. If you like Karloff, if you like Boris Karloff, and you want to see something, you want to see him act, and you want to see his, his all of his range and his strength, go track down the film Black Sabbath by Mario Bava. Um, it's an Italian horror film, but it's uh, it's probably, for my money, it is Karloff's best performance that he ever did, and it's also one of his final. Mm-hmm. Another good one is The Black Cat he did with... Uh, Bela. Bela. Yeah. Bela. Mm-hmm. Even though this character is what made him made him a movie star, uh people kind of like saw that as like, oh, this is the new guy. But he had done eighty one movies before Frankenstein. Jesus Christ. Yeah. This was just the first one that he was I mean, he was in the original Scarface and I guess one other well known talkie film but he had done mostly silent. silent. But this is the movie that actually put him on the map. Hmm. Interesting. And people will always remember the name. Right. Now. Yeah, because now he's just billed as Karloff. Yeah. Um, I like... It was nice to hear the quote, uh, to new world of God and monsters, gods and monsters, mm-hmm. because that opened up the new Dark Universe film. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's interesting. You know, it's a good touch. And... And and that film it was, and I appreciated it here. It was nice getting to see it in context. We also get to see the advancements of film in this film with their effects. Oh, I was it <laughs> was fun, like people. with the little people, like that was cool. Um, it's nice to see a leap, and I'm sure that it's not like seeing shitty CGI and seeing good CGI because it's the same effect, just better done. It's literally a new way of film. Mm-hmm. They're they're using films, so I liked that a lot. Um, but I mean, we get the Frankenstein becomes a three dimensional character because we understand that he is not bad. He's truly misunderstood because he has good within him as he tries to save the lady who's drowning mm-hmm. um, at the waterfall. Mm-hmm. I liked that a lot. Yeah, he's definitely more. We see more emotional range because in the first one, the only emotion we really we see him happy. When he's playing with Maria. Yeah, with the girl. And he gets a little too excited. And then we see him scared. Yeah. Afraid of fire. Very, very two-dimensional. But in this movie, he cries mm-hmm. when the blind man is praying. Yes. I wish that, like, for a minute there, I was just like, you know what? This needs to be the happy ending. Frankenstein just lives with a blind man who does not judge him. And they, yes. have, they have adventures for the rest of time. I'm good with that. But I guess it's, I mean, it's. It needs to be a longer movie, but uh, I guess it's just showing that life and death are in place and changing that does not bring good things. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the first story. Only the cursed is Frankenstein and not his monster so much, which is monster definitely takes a beating, but Frankenstein is the one to live with this torture of what he had done mm-hmm. people's 
deaths are on his hands, which we learn in the second movie as Pretorius comes in, basically cons him. Yeah. Or, or blackmails him into coming to help him. Uh, and not to mention in the second movie, we get Elizabeth is now as crazy as him because of it. Yeah. So it's, it shows really that yeah nothing good comes out of what he has done here. No, he might be a pioneer, but just, I don't know the, the story in these movies, the moral dilemma is a lot deeper than a lot of movies that I see coming out today. I agree. I agree. There's a lot of thought behind these scripts. It's not so much just like we need an action picture. We need a summer hit. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Pretorius there, whenever uh, they start finding a body for probably the most common, like the most inappropriately comic, moment in the film was he was excited about the body because it had firm bones i was like ah, ah, ah like that made me laugh. yeah i thought it was funny because it was just bones <laughs> like i was expecting it to be a real body in there but yeah it's just a skeleton and i guess it was just happenstance that he happened to be there he was meeting frankenstein's monster there like that mm-hmm. was that was interesting but no the only part that i care about mentioning any more of this movie is right here dwight fry back at it again as the assistant oh yeah 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 number appearance three yeah appearance three and now like i have to go to their meeting and to and this relates to the blind man as well as we have drunkenstein he apparently likes to drink a lot did you notice that he takes a lot of drinks in this movie no i didn't yeah i mean he's obviously it's obviously become kind of a crutch because that's how pretorius knocks his ass out without him thinking twice about it hmm and then of course we have uh we have the line that she's alive like they had to do that again mm-hmm. they're like your your line was iconic and we he only it. said it twice this time instead of the three yeah so but they kept you it know, short you know they had to do it they're like you have to say this line again yeah yeah so I actually thought Elizabeth was murdered and was going to be the bride the whole movie hmm. I was like uh like she's gonna get murdered and it's gonna be yeah. Because I don't believe Doctor in the original. I don't believe it was Pretorius. Pretorius was ever a thing in the book. I don't remember. I don't remember him at all. I remember it being Frankenstein being a complete monster and just demanding this, mm-hmm. um, demanding this bride. Um, but yeah, the whole time I was like, ah, she's dead. Mm-hmm. Which with, the, with your magical electric box or whatever, talking to this electrical box. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we call yeah. it a cell phone I, I like the thinking of the writers going through this and they're like wait how are we gonna how are we gonna do this he has to know she's alive right what are we gonna do they didn't have phones back then or did they <laughs> yeah. he's a scientist right? right why not oh god yeah so. that was that was kind of cheesy but uh i liked the bride Oh, um, yes, The Bride. This movie is called The Bride of Frankenstein. And we get The Bride for the, fa- the final four or five minutes of the film. <laughs> yes, and then she's destroyed with the monster. Well, evidently not. Yeah, he lives oh, I on. I don't know. I He lives on, but she does not. Okay, yeah. Well, But anyway. he's. Re- I think he gets repaired or something. By the son of Frankenstein, evidently. Yeah, something like that. It's, I don't know. Um, but interesting enough, this movie, The Bride of Frankenstein, they threw the title in the lines, in the dialogue. He said, introducing The Bride of Frankenstein, or whatever he says, Pretorius. Yeah. But 
this is something that stands out that when you say if you go into the street and you say here here's a piece of paper draw me frankenstein nobody's gonna draw victor frankenstein they're gonna draw the monster yeah frankenstein. because that's what we re- we relate that name to the monster yeah. and that kind of instantly happened with the first movie like people would confuse that by calling the monster frankenstein and it just took off the studios like okay let's do this and so they even have him pretorius refer to the monster as frankenstein in that line the yeah. bride of frankenstein because as we were going i'm like wait that doesn't really make sense the bride of frankenstein i i knew the concept that he's gonna make him the bride right because i read the book and saw the kenneth Branagh movie so in the middle ish i thought as elizabeth is going crazy maybe this is related to her yeah like maybe this is about her yeah like something happens but i don't know that's just an interesting thing yeah it was it was different um i liked it and i liked the bride i liked her design and the whole five minutes we see her yeah, her her uh and her screams are movement just, was interesting her movement was weird. much i mean it's much like frankenstein's monster is the slowest it, it, he's almost as slow as the mummy yeah but not quite there and she's twitchy i guess is the best way to describe it she's very twitchy she's very like odd. a bird almost moving mm-hmm. her head around real fast uh, nice contrast i liked that frankenstein you got he was like we all we all deserve to die mm-hmm. or we deserve to be dead and he Right before he pulls the lever, she lets out this hiss scream, and mm-hmm. I loved that. Like I was like, "That is awesome." Yeah, it was strange. It was strange, but I liked it. Hmm. It was different. I guess in my mind, Frankenstein, he he got the cognitive thought to realize all he was doing was wrong, and that the true villain of this was Pretorius, because he saw all the things Pretorius Pretorius was manipulating Frankenstein and the monster. And he realizes this. He realizes the wrong he's done. And, you know, it's kind of like he realizes at the beginning of the film that the girl's in trouble and he needs to do something about it. There is good within him. And he realizes how much of an abomination he is in the reflection of her. Bride, I will say Bride was my favorite of the three we've watched so far. Hmm. I like them in the order that we've, reverse order that we've watched them. Frankenstein is my second and then... Dracula's the bottom. Yeah, I don't have it on here right now, but uh, these are higher ranked on Rotten Tomatoes. They both have a 100%. Uh, Frankenstein has an 87% with the audiences, and I think Bride is a little higher than that. So, but they're both 100s. Usually whenever I talk to people about like Universal Monster movies, their favorite tends to be Bride of Frankenstein. That's the one that I hear probably more than any other i still think frankenstein is my favorite as of now yeah i thought i liked bride more than dracula but i'm ranking them as we go Mm -hmm. curious to see how they end up so kendall can you tell me a favorite scene from either of these films not really I was trying to think a second ago, and all I could come up with was when he throws a little girl in the water, because that's the thing I remember the most, because it's right when I woke up from having fallen asleep in the middle of the movie. Right. Pulled stuff. They're, I just, they're freaking, ugh. They're older, they're hard to get through, somewhat, but. Nothing else? 
No other scenes like you actually really enjoyed? I mean, I like when he's with the blind man, but that's the second one, so. No, I said either of these films. I guess. I view them as one film. I feel like they are meant to be watched as one film. I can't imagine watching Frankenstein and then not watching Bride. Or watching Bride but not watching Frankenstein. I mean, she said the story's not over. Yeah. yeah that, that's got to be your favorite scene, right? I couldn't stand that. <laughs> the only thing, I it was so hard to focus on anything besides uh, Lord Baron's blatant <laughs> disrespect towards Mary and right. the giant gap in her teeth. Yeah. He also had a very large mole. Hmm. And I'm pretty sure he's wearing mascara. I don't know if he was or not, but I knew no, he it, totes I, was. Yeah, wasn't it wasn't uncommon. Uh, my favorite scene out of either of these films is where the bride screams or hisses Gross. at the end, and everything explodes. And then it has the a very, lot of nice model the very thirties ending. Yeah, but it was a lot <laughs> of nice model work. Mm-hmm. That I mean, if I had to pick one from the original Frankenstein, I think I probably I really. I really enjoy that scene that just that little moment between Frankenstein and Dr. Fra- uh, or the, between the monster and Dr. Frankenstein and the windmill where they are mm-hmm. looking. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Okay. So Kindle had Maria and the blind man. You had the windmill and uh, the, hiss. the hiss. And I'm not going to pick one from bride because it'd be too difficult. But my favorite from Frankenstein is the, dialogue between Frankenstein and Dr. Waldman when he's he's commenting on uh you've created a monster and it'll destroy you and he's saying he's going on about haven't you ever wanted to explore the mysteries of life and death that type of stuff yeah and it's just a it's a very deep potent moment that it just stands out to me so much because i'm like this is so much so much better content than half the stuff that i see these days coming into theaters and apparently it wasn't even in the script it was a a later Mm -hmm. shoot like i think it might have been the last scene they shot like because it was done and then they decided to shoot this and put it in wow which uh speculation is that maybe james will wrote it but maybe we don't know Mm. but yep that's my favorite and that's frankie and what's next next is the wolfman i believe are we gonna go maybe it's the mummy i was sure it was yeah because wolfman i think comes to the end towards the end with the guilt with creature creature okay yeah it must be are we doing the invisible man i might watch it but not do it okay cool and then we got monster squad on tuesday oh yeah I haven't bought those yet, but yes. I don't think you have anything to worry about. Because of the last one? Yes. Whole, like, eight Side note, I just saw a status from Kristen and Daniel, and they said, out of the three people in the theater, we are two of them for Blade Runner. What? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but that is in another state, so... That's interesting because it had a it had a really good opening of four four or five million dollars on Thursday night, but hopefully that's not all it makes because holy crap did they pour a fuck ton of money into that? Yeah, yep. She said we are 
the two people out of the three in this theater Jesus for Blade Runner. Christ, that makes me nervous. I'm looking at box office mojo to see what the predictions are. Don't tell Everett. No, I don't mind box office. I just don't like reviews. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Not much. It maybe made $7 million Friday night. <laughs> oh, my God. We should have just went. That is insane. What is out right now? What was number one? That is number one. <laughs> really? Uh, hold on. Let me get you. This is just from Friday night, though. Uh-huh. Okay. Friday night. Yeah. So uh, Blade Runner made uh, just under $7 million. The Mountain Between Us made $3.5 million. My Little Pony, the movie, made $3 million. <laughs> It grossed $3 million. American Made was 2.3, and Kingsman grossed 2. God, people hate Lego movies Nin- these Lego days. Lego Ninjago grossed 1.6. Oh my I heard that one good too. Uh, that is insane. It must just be a weird weekend. Maybe it's just post summer. Everybody's like, eh, you know what it is? Movies. It's all those dang New Year's babies. You know, I don't, I don't know what, what it is. But People who uh, who did it in Christmas time and New Year's are having their babies right now, so they can't go to the movies. No, they're ha- having a baby or staying home with it. I, I don't, don't think that's it's not high enough numbers. It's to, gotta be. To set it's that gotta up. be. Hey guys, thanks once again for listening to Geek Cinema Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please go subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or subscribe on your podcast app. And then go say hi to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekcinemapod, twitter.com slash geekcinemapod, and on Instagram at geekcinema, or our website geekcinemapod.com. Send us a message. Tell us what you thought of these movies, if you're a fan uh, or not, or tell us what movies you'd like us to review or talk about. And uh, say hi. Make friends with us. We'd love to have you as friends. And please come back next week to join us for The Mummy on Sunday and then the Wednesday after that, Blade Runner 2049. Have a good week, everyone. Bada bing, bada boom. Woo! Did you finish Twin Peaks? We finished we did it. Twin Peaks, The Return. All right. What did you guys think? Uh, You mean outside of what the hell, right? <laughs> outside of that. See, this is where... I kept saying you need to watch Firewalk with me. Mm-hmm. Firewalk with me. So okay, the second to last episode where Cooper shows up and he's taking a young Laura Palmer away. Mm-hmm. That's ripped out of Firewalk with me. The movie. He went back in time. Oh. Yeah. There's a few other moments in uh, Firewalk with me, like when you see David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's actually from Firewalk with me. Okay. Um, yeah. I kind of wondered and, that about that because we see all the stuff with her and James, and I was like, did they shoot this and just never air it, or was it in Fire Walk With Me? So, yeah, Fire Walk okay. With Me. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, it, so, did you like it? I mean, I mean, here's the thing, <laughs> and I'm trying to not spoil it too much, but at i loved the first two seasons cuz mm-hmm. i love dale cooper right <laughs> and, and by that logic there it's 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 not a great season for a fan like me 
because uh, no. he's he's not in it a lot and most of him that is in it he's, he's not, not the right Cooper. same character yeah he's yeah. not in his right mind yeah but then yeah just i'm not gonna say that ending but that ending uh it it just no i need my but it's see, so there's, hard there's not a, okay uh it's Who is Judy? Dude, don't even ask me that. <laughs> I'll tell you who Judy is. Who's Judy? Judy's a psycho freaking demon that's in Sarah Palmer. Okay, all right. So we got that. That's right. Wait, that's, so Judy wasn't... I think that it was in Laura, and that's why she was so effed up. No. And then it went into her mom. No. It. So Judy... Can't, here's my theory, all right? We're going to go off on a tangent for a minute, but I'm going to tell you my theory. Uh, Judy came into the world with the atom bomb. And produced Bob, right? Mm-hmm. Bob was specifically from Judy. Um, Judy was something that existed in our world, and eventually it landed due to like Sarah Palmer's ability to kind of like, I, I want to say probably like uh, almost like a telepathic kind of ability that she has. Like she has this, these kind of weird things about her, right? Mm-hmm. Especially you see them in like season one and two, uh, whenever like with Bob and Matt uh, and Maddie and things start getting weird around there. Okay. Like, so there's, there's that. So she, so Judy finds her way to Sarah and Bob finds her, his way to Leland because Bob is protecting Judy because when Judy came to this world, a great amount of pain and suffering, something that no normal human could ever bear, but could, be a vessel a way to defeat judy was entered into the world from the fireman that's what the big glow big orb was that came out of him that when we saw the and then we see the picture of sarah palmer it goes and exists inside or laura palmer and it goes to laura palmer and that's why she's able to withstand so much trauma that not a normal per that would break a normal human essentially and that's why her life is filled with pain and suffering and whatnot um and at a point, it stops being Sarah Palmer because it's not, it's Sarah Palmer is essentially like a bomb, a bomb that's going to defeat Judy. And whenever, whenever Cooper pulls her away from James, Judy sees this because all of a sudden, this world, this one world, is now fine, like Sarah lives. And it's not what Judy wanted, okay? And the poem goes, talks about walking between two worlds, right? So then there is world one that we've existed in in Twin Peaks, season one and two, and part of three, right? And then we flip over to the other world where there is still Sarah Palmer and there are still all these characters, but everything is different. And that's the world that Dale Cooper goes into at the end of season three and pulls that person who doesn't know she's sarah palmer back to the palmer house and the people that live there uh the tremons and the i forget the other name uh the people that sold the house to him but that those are the same names of the old lady and the little boy from the original season uh that sarah's looking after and you see him more in firewalk with me hmm. but anyway oh, the creeps so, the creepy little boy yeah Ugh. and so cooper takes him takes takes Sarah there and the bomb finally goes off and that's why she screams because everything comes back she realizes her the the purpose that's buried inside her that she doesn't know is there comes back explodes 
the house goes black because all of a sudden Judy's out of electricity because that is how they travel and that is where a lot of their power comes from is the electricity. That's why we see so many power lines and things like that, especially when Mr. C is traveling, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And the true ending is actually in Fire Walk With Me because the end of Fire Walk With Me, you see Del Cooper sitting with what you think is Laura Palmer and they're looking at this angel as they kind of transcend something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that is why whenever he sees her in the lodge, he tells her, like, or she says, I look like Laura Palmer, but I'm not. Because that is the device that is waiting to swap places with Laura Palmer. That is the bomb. Oh, okay. That is my theory. That is what I took from it. Does not mean it is right by any stretch, but like that that's how my mind put all the pieces in order. I was like, okay, so this is what this is what happened. And that's why that's why Judy had to be Sarah Palmer, and that's why Bob was with Leland, because Bob was protecting uh Judy, and that's why Bob would go and do all these things and Sarah would see all these things, but Sarah would never do anything about it. Partly because she was getting drugged, but there's a few scenes in Fire Walk With Me where the, the domestic violence goes really off the rails and Sarah just kind of goes blank hmm. as it's happening. And it was Judy preventing her from reacting to such a thing. And Bob was trying to break Laura because Laura was the one thing that could stop Judy. Hmm. Strange. It's weird and it's a puzzle yeah, and I, I was I was like interested to see how the puzzle came together at the end. And it didn't. And <laughs> yeah, not so much. Um, yeah, I like being able to figure stuff out a little bit and uh, maybe coming up with my own solution. But this is so far, so far out there, <laughs> uh, and I just felt so not. Uh, actually, I saw a meme. Hold on. There's a meme I found earlier. I, f- I followed a Twin Peaks meme page after watching all, <laughs> yeah. watching the whole thing. Right. And uh, oh, here it is. So it's there's it's a phone and it's got three messages on their on their page. And it, the first one says, "I will always be a part of you," and that's from insecurity. And then the second message is from anxiety. I wonder what could go wrong. And the third one's from David Lynch. I will never give you the satisfaction you crave. <laughs> and that felt so real. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, like I can see that. Um, I don't know. I like, like I said, like that was my, that was my my interpretation of it. They put a, out a book as well called "The Secret History of Twin Peaks," Jesus. and how uh, Cooper says that uh, that oh, what's his name, uh, fucking Gordon Cole, would remember the unofficial version. Well, the book is actually what he remembers. That's what happened. That's how life so, played out in the alternate Twin Peaks. Why do we live in a dream? But we don't live in a dream. He said it, though. He said it. Uh, I took that as in, like, we live in a... Essentially, we live on a chessboard that we don't control. But that's not what he said. No, but that's how I took it. Nope. And that's why Judy was able to rip out uh, Laura and place her in some other... Like, the all the, alter, the upside... The other world. Like, the the... Alternate universe. Bye, Palicia. <laughs> Patty. Ah, I was like, why'd he leave? I 
I don't know. It's an interesting puzzle. It's one that I'm going to. So, is there another season? Uh, they've no- okay. Here's what they've said. Maybe because the suit. Somebody asked uh, asked um, what's his, Kyle McLaughlin if he got to keep the suit, and he said no. It went back to the studio because we might be pulling it out again. That's the only like kind of confirmation that there could be something else, and it could be a season. But the other i the other idea, and what David Lynch has always wanted to do was to conclude the series with a film, mm. so we could get another kind of firewalk with me experience. Okay. Jeez. Hmm. I could see Show Showtime wanting them to come back for for their sake. Yeah. Because I guarantee you. I mean, we we signed up for the. The Showtime membership on Hulu, I'm sure there was plenty of other people who did it. Yeah, and it didn't... The thing was, is like live viewings, it didn't do all that well. But as far as like Hulu and other like uh, digital streaming... I can imagine it not doing well. Having to wait every week and then be like, all right, what what happened last time? Oh. Yeah. Um, As far as streaming numbers go, it was always in the top like five every week. Yeah, yeah, I would watch this. So at least they'd probably offer to produce the film mm-hmm. if that happened uh hi yep that's, that's but i'm glad you guys is. finished it like i've been waiting to talk to you about it and see what you thought of it like um i didn't i will say that i did <gasps> not like i wasn't cra- I okay like i was waiting so long and wanting cooper to come back so much i was like okay we're gonna get like a few episodes of dougie and he's gonna be back and eventually i realized that He's not going to come back to the end, and I just need to give up hope and accept what accept what's happening yep. and enjoy the ride. And I did. Once I did that, I wasn't so frustrated after after each episode that he did not come back. But I did yeah. want more Cooper. Yeah, Way more Cooper. But we did like Dougie today. Coop. We're like, there was so much in there that felt just so random. Like, like. Uh, Listen very carefully. What's that? You were supposed to not say anything because he sits there for a straight 30 seconds no, I'm not and doesn't about, say anything. I'm not talking about the weird David Lynch stuff. I'm talking about like Shelly and her kingpin boyfriend. Yeah. Never yeah. got an answer. What? Wait, no, what was that about? Yeah. we. I, I don't know. Nothing, it just no seems, idea just seems what the hell is going on with Audrey. Audrey. Yeah. Where? <laughs> and her is that weird tease? husband thing. But it's he, not. It's not. Her husband is her therapist and she's in an institution. That's what happened when it that's flashed. That's kind of what I took. If you, if somebody fro- f- like did a freeze frame yeah, and you can see why? that she's in a ro- white room with a, like a. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she's looking cop, in a mirror. A cop behind her. But I am surprised they would give her a mirror, and for if she was was mentally ill. Yeah, um, I I don't know, but I, I mean it it was okay. Like that's kind of what I took is that Cooper. I took it as bad. Cooper not only raped uh, Diane, he also raped thought. Audrey, and it, I just kind of not just Diane killed her. Mm-hmm. No, he raped Diane. No, Tulpa Diane. I thought he raped the Tulpa. No, he raped real Diane. He raped real Diane, and w- after he raped real Diane, he put her away. Oh, okay. And that's when he created the Tulpa. Okay. Uh, and so that's why the Tulpa would have the memory. Yes. So does the Tulpa always have the memory of when they were created? Like when yes. Coop gives him that hair, it's going to be everything like Coop before is with yeah. Naomi Watts. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Naomi Oh. It just you should see, you should see Firewalk with me. See what you think about that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it'll fill in some things, and you'll see what I'm talking about, like kind of what the the ending is essentially. Because the ending for that, where they're just standing, they're standing and watching this angel kind of appear and they transcend, it it doesn't entirely come out of nowhere, but it kind of comes out of nowhere. And they're also like Cooper's also older, so is Laura. Like they, it looks way into the future. Okay. Well, well, that makes sense why their kid was. We were trying to figure out how she had a kid, and so he says son later, and we're like, oh, okay, well, then that would make sense, and then I don't understand the rest of it, and just whatever. Also, the frog, the fly frog thing that crawls in that chick's mouth. That was Sarah Palmer. There we go. Okay, because we were. She's credited as Sarah. It doesn't say her last name, but she's credited as Sarah in at the end of the episode. It has to be Sarah Palmer, and the age is not like the age somewhat matches up close enough. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's why I was like, "What?" Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Well.